Good morning, and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into this first Friday of the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, this is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning, Good morning. Father. We're all back in our chairs now. Yes. We had a little month break, you know, at guests covering us. As we begin this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, let us begin by offering up the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, welcome back, Father. Thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> and um, I know this morning it's a great time. We're going to talk about Lent, but also, Father, as we continue to work together and spread the uh, enthronement of the Sacred Heart, devotion to the Sacred Heart, for those first-time listeners, Father, maybe just share again, what is this enthronement and devotion to the Sacred Heart, and why is it relevant to today? So, Chuck, you're asking me, why are we here? <laughs> Why are we here? It's almost early to be here. Oh, it's the place to be, Father. We are here because of the heart of Jesus, the heart of our Lord, and the power of his sacred heart. His heart attracts humanity who is searching, who is hungry, who is thirsting for something more in this life. So the Lord gives us his heart as a refuge, as a source of consolation. The beautiful thing about his heart is it goes back to sacred scripture. It goes even beyond sacred scripture into the love that God our Father in heaven has for those he creates and sustains. He makes a gift of his son. Uh, You know, if we enter into John's gospel, we hear that beautiful thing. uh, You know, the Lord has given, you know, given, not offered, but he gave his son for the life Mm -hmm. of the world. You know, he gave his son, not offered. So with the son, there's this totality of Jesus, God's love in the flesh. And that's best summarized by the heart. You know, for those who are familiar with sacred scripture, remember, in the whole of the Holy Bible, the word heart appears over a thousand times. And it's oftentimes referred to the whole person, you know? A thousand times? Over a thousand. I mean, this is crazy. I can't even count that high, you know? (laughs) It's just exhausting, you know? But heart, think of heart and scripture. They really go hand in hand, the heart Mm -hmm. and scripture. So when we respond to God's love, we're responding to his heart. A heart, and we're not referring to like the heart that is so easily and popularly, uh, popularly uh, made visible with regard to like Saint Valentine's Day, that kind of heart. No, we're referring to the heart that refers to the person, the gift of the person in the flesh, Jesus. But the Lord makes it very clear; He wants His heart, His life, the love that God the Father in heaven has for us to be not just like up high or above or removed, but close to us in our homes, and even more importantly, in our own heart. In our heart, God's heart should be in our heart. And so we're supposed to bridge that distance. And Jesus, over 2,000 years of our holy Christian faith, you know, experiencing the richness of our Catholic Church, he makes his heart so visible to us, you know, not only in the Holy Eucharist at Mass, but also even in how he reminds humanity, seek a refuge in my heart. Of course, we have all of these powerful, beautiful, eloquent saints, from St. John the Apostle to St. Gertrude the Great, St. Catherine of Siena, all the way down to St. Margaret Mary, 
And then we even have modern day apostles of the Sacred Heart. You think of someone like St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, Padre Pio, uh, John Paul II, you know, and what's beautiful is every Holy Father we've ever had, they've always highlighted the power of the heart of Jesus coming to us in the Eucharist, but more particularly for us on this radio show, how the heart of Jesus is supposed to reign in our homes, but in a unique way, how he's supposed to be visible in how he reigns. We're supposed to see that heart. So we have this thing called an image of the sacred heart of Jesus, which is literally an image of the Lord pointing towards his own heart so that we know where to go when we need that refuge. We know where to go when we're hungry, when we're thirsty. We know where to go, and we have to go to him. The beautiful thing is, we don't have to leave where we are because he comes to us. We bring his heart into our home, and his heart immediately becomes our refuge. The thing that uh, we're all waiting for in this beautiful drama is for the faithful to respond, for people to acknowledge, I am hungry, I am thirsty, I need more, I want more. And once someone opens that door, the Sacred Heart is there. And that's why this hour on St. Gabriel Radio, that's why we're here. We are here waiting for that individual, that family, that school, that business, that parish, that group of people, that Bible study. We're waiting for those people to say, I was made for more. And then Sacred Heart Radio is there, uh, this Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio. That's why we're here, to make sure that the Lord is there when your heart is open. And again, you can call in this morning at 614-459-4820 at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. AMA 20, and be glad to take your name, and a missionary of the Sacred Heart will follow up. As Father mentioned, that our Lord promised us that he would bless each home where an image of his Sacred Heart is exposed and honored. Mm -hmm. And what a gift that is. And I love this quote, Joanne, and maybe read the quote from St. Therese of Calcutta. Well, before I do that, I want to just invite everyone who might be tuning in and saying, oh, I've already done that. And oh, yeah, I'm going to see what else is on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) No, stay tuned, because we really need to be renewed and reminded really daily about this sacred heart of Jesus. And as we enter in and as we desire more and more to be united with his heart, we understand our hearts and the hardness of our heart at times and how he is there to tenderize our heart and to enter in. And of course, Lent is a perfect time. And as St. Teresa of Calcutta said, and you know, Lent is a, it's really one of my favorite times because it is a new beginning. And St. Teresa of Calcutta, a quote from her says, Do not let the past disturb you. Just leave everything in the sacred heart and begin again with joy. So really, Lent is a time to begin again and, you know, to really say, I'm going to, if we've already done the enthronement, renew Mm -hmm. the enthronement, but refresh in your mind and your heart the gift that you have that our Lord has appeared with his heart exposed and given these promises that the Lord always makes good on his promises in his own time, in his own way, individually, uniquely for us. And you know something, I, 
when we have that love for and union with the heart of Jesus, that's what keeps Lent real. Yeah. You know, the thing that, okay, I'm going to vent just for a moment. Oh, good. The, uh, what? Oh, you are supposed to encourage that? that? You have permission. <laughs> you have permission. The thing that really, you know, it's now just... Now we're all it's, really it's, turning uh, it. <laughs> the thing that's really unnerving is when you, you see Catholic Christians living Lent and they look miserable. Mm. It's like, would you just get over yourself? Yeah. They're like, oh, but I gave up M&Ms. It's like... <laughs> Are you really going to say that at the final judgment? I mean, are you really going to say that in front of the Lord? I gave up M&Ms. Oh, well, I gave up bad music. You shouldn't have been listening to it anyway. You know, I mean, it's like, my goodness, it's like, eat more fiber for crying out loud, you know? When you live a life in union with the Lord's sacred heart, there's this joy. You know, there's this incredible joy, probably a little too much joy, like exhibited on our hour. You know, we laugh probably way too much on air. But the thing is, when you live in union with the Lord and his sacred heart, when his heart is in your home and you just have a taste or an experience of the great depth of his love and his Mm. mercy, but perhaps most importantly in our age, his patience Mm. with us, it's like that's when you realize my penances are not punishments. You know, without Jesus... Without his sacred heart, without love for the Lord, our penance has just become a manifestation of self-hatred. But with the Lord, our penance has become acts of discipline because we see the goal that is Mm -hmm. his heart. We see the goal that is his heart on the cross, on Calvary. But guess what we know? While Calvary is the goal in Lent, the empty tomb is where we get to rest. Mm -hmm. We're journeying towards Calvary. We're journeying towards the cross. Mm -hmm. But that's the goal. You know, you hit the finish line at the marathon, you don't just plunk down and collapse right there. You're going you're gonna to be a victim of a stampede. You, you hit the finish line, and then you step out to the side, and you collapse on the curb. You know, that's what yeah. you do. Well, the tomb is where we go to collapse and rest. But Calvary is the goal in this marathon of mm. Lent. But how do we get there with joy? By staying focused on his heart, his heart that's mm. on the cross, his heart that is pierced out of love for us. And you have this joy. Like when people are complaining in Lent, it's like, You don't know Jesus. You don't know his heart. You don't know the goal. This isn't about self-hatred. This isn't about how evil you are or how horrible you are. God loves you. And in his love for you, there's that invitation. It's like, I need discipline. I just need to say no to the good things of this world so that I can be strong enough to say yes to the greater thing that is the Lord's heart waiting for me. I need discipline. And it's like we oftentimes say on this uh, radio show, the heart of Jesus is the remedy for the troubles of our day. But if you think about that, his, his heart is the remedy. But our penances are those uh, steps of getting to the remedy. You know, we have to diagnose the weakness in our heart. And oftentimes that's sin. Or maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's just I'm not, uh, I'm not focused. I'm not trained. So we take upon ourselves a penance. And Lent gives us this beautiful opportunity to just say, I just need to grow in a little bit more or maybe a lot more discipline, self-restraint, so that I'm strong enough to make the goal that is union with the heart of Jesus. And can't we start in little ways, Father? I think sometimes the word penance is a scary word. Well, I think it's scary if we associate it with punishment. Ah. You know, okay, let's face facts. How many of us come out of the confession and are like, well, what did you get? You know, and they're like, I got three Hail Marys. I'm getting in line. You know, it's like, or you hear another penance and you're like, oh, I don't know if you'll survive that one. Let's go to dinner first before you try. You know, it's like, don't compare. It's not a punishment, it's a remedy. Like, you go to confession, you've diagnosed the, the issue of the heart, the problem of your own heart, the problem of your life. The priest is not giving you a punishment, he's giving you the remedy 
to bring back to the fullness of life your soul. He's giving you that remedy. And whether it's three Hail Marys or a rosary, or maybe it's attending Holy Mass or a Holy Hour, reading a psalm or a part of the scriptures, it's a remedy. And, you know, just like we don't come out of the doctor and it's like, well, what's your prescription look like? You yeah, know, how many yeah. pills do you have to take tomorrow? Uh, it's that idea of living in union with the Lord. But you're so right. In today's world, we think of punishment and penance as being synonymous, and it's mm. not that way at all. We really have to get back to the, the idea of penance being a source of strength, a remedy for a diagnosis of an issue within our own lives, our hearts, a weakness in our soul. And when we see uh, penance and discipline, you know, Jesus said, repent and believe, turn away from and have faith, repent and believe. So you're so right. Sometimes we can just hear penance and are like, I mean, I didn't know I was guilty. I didn't know I did anything wrong. Well, can I give up M and M's? It's like, okay, <laughs> no. only the red <laughs> But I, it's an opportunity for growth. It is, and I also think, Father, you know, when you talk about, okay, what are you going to give up? Instead of saying, okay, what are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this, just the morning offering prayer this morning that you opened us with, if yeah. every family. We've been given so much. This is during Lent. We're going to pray every morning the morning offering. And let's say you already have the Sacred Heart in your home. Lent is a perfect time to remove the image from where it is and place that image of the Lord's heart in someplace different mm. to change things up a bit, you know? Maybe Great put it at the idea. center on the table with a little candle burning in front of it, whether it's a live candle or one mm-hmm. of those electric battery ones, you know, mm-hmm. to just change things up a bit so we don't take things for granted and we don't allow the Lord to slip into the shadows that can so easily be formed by the chaos of our lives. To, and it, maybe you're right, Chuck, to take a beautiful prayer like the morning offering and to just uh, reintroduce ourselves to that, you know? And spiritual reading. Totally. Absolutely. Spiritual reading, giving yourself permission to read yeah. sometimes. It, like for me to sit down in the middle of the afternoon, sometimes I think, oh, I should be, you know, doing laundry. or yeah. And no, this is this is time with the Lord. This is valuable time. And, you know, even rereading, I'm rereading Bishop Sheen's Life of Christ. So good. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's so wonderful. Yeah. And as far as really helping to fall in love with Jesus in a new way yeah. and appreciate what mm-hmm. he did, not just on the cross, but really from the very beginning of yeah. his life in a detailed, wonderful yeah. way. Father, question. I heard on Catholic radio um, that Ash Wednesday Mm -hmm. is the most attended day (laughs) in the Catholic Church over Easter, Christmas, any other. More people go to Mass, and it's not an obligation. No, it's not. Not an obligation on Ash Wednesday. What does that say to you? Fake news. No, no, it's not, it's not fake news. No, because as a priest who offers Mass, when I, was, I can assure you that is not fake but news. But there are more people than Christmas, Father? Well, to be honest with you, I, without knowing the exact numbers, I don't find that hard to believe at all. Really? You know, um, and I really, I think it speaks to something very deep in the human heart, mm-hmm. and that is we all know that uh, there's an end. Mm-hmm. We all know that there's an end. We also, we all know whether we like to acknowledge it or not, that there's an importance to the present moment. And when you think about mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday, I mean, literally, you take a step back. It's not a day of, it's not a holy day of obligation. No. Uh, it is a day mm-hmm. of penance. It's a day of fasting and abstaining. And yet people come in great numbers. And you know what's incredible? A lot of times 
uh, even our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters will go for Ash Wednesday to a Catholic church. Uh, and when you think about it, I mean, let's just take a step back and acknowledge what happens. Okay, you receive dirt, <laughs> ashes, charcoal on your forehead in the you're, shape of a cross. Marked. You're marked. You're marked. I love it. You know, it. and it's like, oh, okay, any place else, we'll line up here and we'll brand you. Oh, I, I mean, people think, well, I don't know if I want to be branded. But on Ash Wednesday, that in a very real way, that's what happens. And the thing is, uh, and this struck me uh, this past Ash Wednesday, it's like, look at the two things that are happening. A reminder of our mortality, ashes, mm-hmm. charcoal, dirt, you know. Remember, oh man. Yeah. And then what's the shape that it's traced in? The cross. Hmm. So even in the face of death, the cross is triumphant. And so mm-hmm. I see people's attendance at Ash Wednesday as that grasp for hope. Yeah, mm. I do too. They're looking for hope mm. even when they know there is death. They're looking for hope. And the, the opportunity that exists for anyone who knows, loves, and serves Jesus is to harness that hope found within the human heart and say, the hope is good. It's a virtue. It's a theological virtue. But what good does that hope do if you don't know where to, how to follow that virtue? To where does it lead? It leads you back to the Lord. And like, think about the irony. People will show up and want that sign of hope, the cross, that will triumph over death. And yet for the rest of Lent, we can so easily become overwhelmed by our faults or failures and our commitment to the penances. Mm-hmm. Or what is Ash Wednesday without entering into the profound experience of Good Friday? And what's mm-hmm. Good Friday without the joy of Easter Sunday? I mean, when you think about it, it's so like, beautiful. make use of that hope that we all want to mm-hmm. have or we want to cling on to in the face of the uncertainty of life, you know? So I think it's a great opportunity, but you are so right. I remember a, a retired priest, he's since passed away, may he rest in peace, but he used to say, you know, Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday. All of humanity, turns out, you know? We offer the Lord every day in the Holy Mass, but if you yeah. want dirt and a leaf, that's when you go. You know? it's, like, it's very interesting, but at the same time, it goes back to that deep, deep hope in the human heart. And a beautiful opportunity exists on those two days to offer the Lord. Well, the, to give people hope, uh, how about these conferences that just oh, gave 65 men and so women hope oh. in the last couple weekends i would like to congratulate the women for surpassing the men you know i don't know how but you did well women shop a little more and so they were they were in those i as a man who is a priest i'm not allowed to ever say that but thank you joanne it's true but the way we look at it is how many households absolutely touch and the other thing that was really good news is this year um, we've always had a Sacred Heart table there, yep. and we've had a lot of people come by. We've had people sign up. Other sure. people did not mm-hmm. sign sure. up. Yeah. Uh, but this year, we had these home enthronement packets. Yeah. Oh, so where exciting. now, for some of them that are in a schedule that doesn't work for a missionary to come yeah. into their house for yeah. some reason, um, as you say, Father, maybe their carpet is not right. The missionary, maybe, you know, Which we don't look at, <laughs> no. but we appreciate. No, I know there should be a reason, but if there it's is, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. And so the image and the home enthronement pack booklets and 
the certificates are were all there, and two hundred and fifty father two hundred and fifty mm. homes and now we have phone calls going out to missionaries yeah. we've touched base with them, but just to remind the people there are easy steps to take what father's saying is Jesus wants to be in your home he's waiting for the invitation mm-hmm. number one get Get a home enthronement packet. Sign up for a missionary to come to your house. And then choose the Sunday that you want to do right. the enthronement. Yes. Number two, you're going to have a sacred heart image. Yeah. Have it blessed or pick it up in a home enthronement packet. It's already in there. Number three, establish a prominent place. Yes. And what do you say about that, Father? Where is the right place to put Jesus in the home. Okay, so think of that place where you know you will be every day in your home multiple times. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want the Lord. You know? That's where you want the Lord. Like, I, you know, we always, we joke, but there's a tone of seriousness. Do not stick him in the formal dining room that no one's allowed to visit. <laughs> you know, don't put him in the room where the couch is covered with plastic. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if people still do that. My grandfather did. So did mine. Did they? <laughs> yeah. The plastic-covered furniture. <laughs> yeah. It was very popular. Very slippery. And the only person that would sit on it was like the Pope, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he visited every Sunday, you know. So you don't stick him uh, in the formal room. <clears> stick him where the family you don't gathers. You need to just have one image either. This is father. true. Yeah, that's true. Wherever you find yourself multiple times throughout mm-hmm. the day, that's where you want the Lord to be visible. And remember, you know, um, we've all grown in this acknowledgement. Bringing the heart of Jesus into the home is one step. Making him at the center, putting him at the center of the home is the next step. But then honoring him and giving yourself over to the Lord, who is at the center of your home, is the final step. Honoring him. That's the lifelong gift. That's a gift. And we always say, as Father said, the the three steps. One step is preparing your heart. Right. And we just say, uh, prepare your heart over a week or prepare your heart over three days. But in preparing yourself, everything is in the booklet. Yeah. And then... The enthronement Sunday, which now you enthrone Jesus. And I just heard this one, um, that uh, four families got together, Mm -hmm. and they all bought a home enthronement packet, Mm. and then they had a progressive dinner. Oh, sure. Actually, they were my customers. Oh, (laughs) Joanne. I forgot about that. Yeah. Where's well, the dry erase board with the points? They, well, I, I mean, I don't they went, that for it? They went to one house, yeah. and that house, they enthroned. Uh-huh. The people there enthroned yeah. the house had the appetizers. Right. Then they went to the next uh-huh. house yeah. and enthroned and had the dinner. Then right. they went to the and next house. And they invited house, other people, And they too. made it a real celebration. Yeah. And what so whether think? it's private or public, you know, it, whether it's an individual, a family, or a couple mm-hmm. of families, the, the, the point of this program, the point of what we're spending, you know, the time we're spending with you, is to just invite and encourage, but also to offer consolation and hope that the Lord does not want to be a prisoner in a tabernacle. He wants to be a member of your family. He wants to be your king, brother, and friend where you live. You know, he, the Lord wants to be with you. You know, and- just this week... Father, I received a phone call and with some uh, troubling news mm. of a friend who was very sick and in the hospital. We all get those yes. phone calls, especially priests. Yeah. But, you know, it was like I put the phone down. I knew where to go. Yes. I went right to our image of the Sacred Heart yeah. to intercede, to say a prayer for this person. And that's what happens when you have your 
little shrine yes. which the missionaries bring. Yep. If you do a missionary or if you uh, give a donation for your self-enthronement packet, mm. you have that place. Yeah, Maybe there are multiple places, but you know where to go to just, you know, just get in the mindset of yeah. praying to the Lord. That's true. Quickly. Now, now, we talked about the home enthronement packet, and there's a big opportunity today, Father, down at St. Patrick's. There will be a <laughs> oh, four-part yeah. series, first part starting today on St. Joseph, and we will also have a table of the Sacred Heart there mm. for people to go ahead and go ahead and make a donation and get their home enthronement packet. But, Father, this is going to be after Mass at St. Patrick's. Right. I want you to share a little bit about your talk today, this first Friday. You know, this is why people don't believe me when I say I do not like public speaking. <laughs> because I'm always I've publicly speaking. <laughs> I do, too, now. <laughs> you know? Which personality has the microphone in my head? You know? <laughs> so, so there's the Catholic Men's Luncheon Club. It takes place on the first Friday of the month at St. Patrick's. And... I responded to an invitation to do a, a four-part series there. So uh, this first Friday, this month of March, will be the first uh, first installment of that four-part series. It, I believe it's going to be recorded and uh, shared. So, um, you know, if you're not able to attend that luncheon, uh, you know, later on, you can definitely find it either on the Catholic Men's Luncheon Club website uh, maybe they'll share it with St. Gabriel Radio. I'm not sure. So, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they, the question was, well, Father, will you speak? Well, sure, but on what? Well, we're going to leave that to you. I'm like, ah, of course. So what, I, what I'm going to be covering are five steps, five steps that I, I uh, cover with all of the individuals who see me for spiritual direction because they're discerning a vocation. Or they just entered into their vocation and they're letting you know everything settle. And so the five steps are uh, how to basically cultivate a Christian heart, a Christian culture within your life. And the first mm-hmm. is to keep holy the Lord's day. Uh, the second is uh, a weekly encounter with the Lord in the Eucharist through adoration. The heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus. You know, visiting him on his turf so that you seek him out on your turf. And then third, uh, a daily interaction with the Blessed Virgin Mary, cultivating that openness on an everyday basis with uh, she who is our mother and our queen. And then fourth, uh, regular confession, you know, uh, once a month, regular confession. Fifth, uh, and perhaps all-encompassing, is live the life of the church. Mm. When the church says, uh, be joyful and celebrate, we be joyful and celebrate, a solemnity. We have a couple of big solemnities coming up this month. But likewise, when the church says, okay, tone it down, dial it back, enter into a moment of reflection and silent prayer, we do that. We tone it down. But it also means being a, a man or woman of penance, not being afraid of penance, like opening our eyes and becoming a true brother or sister to our brothers and sisters in heaven, the saints. So what we're doing is we're taking those five steps and we're breaking them up over the next four First Fridays. And so today we're using the theme of the month. Today we're going to be covering St. Joseph as a model of discipline and prayer, keeping holy the Lord's day. He was a man of virtue. He was a righteous man. He was a just man. And then, of course, next month we'll enter into how sacred scripture. We have to have that familiarity with sacred scripture to cultivate a true culture of the faith in our hearts and our homes and in the world. And then, of, of course, May is dedicated to Our Lady. And then we will conclude in the month of June 
with the Sacred Heart since that uh, month is dedicated. So I'm not really entirely sure what all is going to fall out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't make any guarantees, but that's the goal, right? And uh, uh, the Catholic Men's Luncheon Club is a very long-running, beautiful opportunity for uh, men to gather once a month. And um, they asked about this series, so I, I volunteered, or said yes, I should say. And it's on First Friday. Absolutely. Uh-huh. A beautiful opportunity to now, come back what, to the heart. You, you have the 12 promises. Let's mm-hmm. just maybe close with looking at the 12th promise. Sure. Oh, so you want to zero in on the 12th. So the 12th promise, I mean, keep in mind, the Lord made these uh, promises through the conversation he had with St. Margaret Mary, and they're boiled down into 12 simple statements or the promises. And the last of the 12 is, the all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months, the grace of final repentance. They shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at the last hour. The opportunity to attend Holy Mass on the first Friday, to receive our Lord, and to receive our Lord with a particular disposition of reparation, you know, union with Jesus on that moment. And this is not to uh, ignore the Immaculate Heart. Mm-mm. And I'm glad you're also going to be speaking to that. And we also bring an image to of the Immaculate Heart. Sure. Yes. When the missionary comes yeah. for the week-long preparation. Well, this is the first session, and I know we're going to be talking about... There's so much more to cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but one, one thing is the important feast days coming up in this month, yes. and, and there's a big one, a couple big ones, but a real big one, and it's I can't true. wait to hear you talk we'll about it. in the next segment. March 25th. Scripture tells us that David beat Goliath with a sling and five smooth stones. Funny, the rosary looks kind of like that. The rosary is a Catholic devotional prayer. A set of one Our Father followed by ten Hail Marys is called a decade. You do five decades and you have a rosary. And for each decade, we meditate on a mystery from Jesus' life. So the prayers we're breathing in and out set the stage for an encounter with the Word of God. Do a quick search online for the mysteries of the rosary, which are different for each day of the week. What I really love about old-school Catholic devotionals like this is simplicity. I'll be honest, it's not always easy to pray or to lead my family in prayer. What do I do? What do I say? Rosary, problem solved. Look, every family's a mess in its own special way. Bring God into the mess. Your family's problems might be Goliaths. Maybe the solution's as simple as a sling and five smooth stones. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. When I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. After a series of personal tragedies, I really felt a need to come home to a church, and that's when I came back to the Catholic Church. I never realized before that we get, at every Mass, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalms, and the Gospel. I never realized before it's all biblically based. The Catholic Church is based on the Bible. This is the church that Christ started. And we practice all the sacraments as he gave them to us. And I think that's important. I um, love getting up and going to church. I love going to Mass. I feel like I get to go to Mass, not like I have to go to Mass. The joy, I have joy in my spirit. I have a lightness in my spirit that I haven't had before. I love the Catholic Church with all my heart. And I can't imagine my life without it. My life is totally different now. 
If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of March. This first Friday, of course, every month is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And as we enter into this next segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us in our prayer to the Lord Jesus and His heart. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. Chuck well, and Joanne, we have a couple of opportunities for partying yeah. this month oh, during the season of good. Lent. We take a little, you know, an opportunity to live the life of the church and those solemnities. Looking ahead, of course, we, we approach these solemnities with that perspective that is unique and richly uh, blessed by the sacred heart of Jesus. You know, that's why when we look at a, a solemnity or when we look at a day of penance, like a Friday in Lent, if we approach it through the heart of Jesus, it gives it a totally different hue or a totally different perspective. You know, if we look at our Friday penances and we see, I'm really doing this so that I can be strong enough to grasp the heart of the Lord, so that I can see through the good things of creation towards the one who is greater than everything Father, else. that's so helpful. This is so helpful to hear you say that to kind of kind of like giving you new running shoes when your uh, old yeah. ones have run flat. Yeah. <laughs> so. it, it, you know, this is this is very good. And you know, but when we approach like a solemnity like that, it gives us an opportunity uh, a beautiful opportunity to celebrate. And so we look ahead at this month of uh, March, and we have a couple of huge solemnities. Uh, the first and foremost, uh, we start with the Lord, uh, the Annunciation of the Lord. Now, what takes place in the Annunciation? Well, March 25th, we celebrate this beautiful solemnity. It's a feast day in the life of the church, but it has a highest rank of solemnity. So we celebrate that moment when the Archangel Gabriel uh, carried a message from God the Father to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It was a message of love. It was a message of invitation. It was a message of hope that the Father in heaven had a plan to save humanity, and that plan would involve the Blessed Virgin Mary. And that plan would involve literally the Father giving His Son to the world through her, and this Son would not come as a mighty general or as a ruler or as a victor, but He would come as a a child. He would be, you know, literally placed within her. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, this is why every single person who loves the Lord Jesus, who says, I am a faithful Catholic, really, truly, it's built in that gospel uh, that, that we adhere to, that we follow a gospel of life, that life is sacred from the earliest stages of conception all the way to a natural death. Because the Lord Jesus Christ follows the same path. You know, a people who follow Jesus are a people who believe in life and are very, uh, very much defenders of life. You know, we are a pro-life people because the Lord begins even in the most earliest vulnerable stages of humanity, just as we did, as a child who is conceived in the womb of his mother. And so we acknowledge that moment 
And one of the things that's a beautiful opportunity for meditation is we all know the beauty and the power of praying the Holy Mass at Christmas, the birth of Jesus. But a lot of times we act as if that's when he first becomes noticeable mm. or mm. present among mm. us. But the truth be told, it began nine months earlier. You know, his life among us began at the Annunciation in that moment we call the Incarnation, where God takes flesh. And he's already dwelling among us. He's in, uh, he's in creation. You know, he's dwelling among us within creation. He's taking flesh. He's growing. He's developing within the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Annunciation then on March 25th is such a beautiful opportunity for us to just take stock that God loves us so much that he comes down into the created order. He takes flesh, he grows, he develops within the womb of a mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then that's what builds up the excitement towards the nativity, Christmas, you know? And that begins now in the month of March. And I love that encounter with our Lord and St. John the Baptist. Mm, yes. Two unborn Absolutely. children. But very much alive. Encountering each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And if you just think about it, that's the beauty of the rosary, right? That's why mm-hmm. the rosary is an integral part of the enthronement process. We pray the rosary. Uh, and it's because it takes us through the whole unfolding of God's love for us. It begins with the Annunciation, God taking flesh, entering into the created order. You know, Jesus is man, fully man. He's in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The next mystery, the visitation. Like you said, two unborn but hmm. very much alive babies encounter one another through what? The voice of one mother Mm. entering into the ears of another mother. And another baby moves, Mm. jumps, you Mm. know? Um, And we have this beautiful, powerful testimony as to the power of life, life within the womb. And that is the issue now in our country. Mm -hmm. I just, what comes to my mind is I set before you life and death. Mm -hmm. Choose life. Yeah. And we have to consciously choose life now absolutely and we are at crossroads Father. yeah absolutely and, and so like and I, I as catholics we are think, that yeah i also think you know wherever you've been in the past right yeah today you can change yeah yeah i mean that's the beauty of our lord right repent yeah and, and believe and believe right and that's why you know i know father there are a lot of penance services going oh, on so many yeah so and many. it's yeah. such a gift yeah and I think for our listeners today, if you've not been to a penance service, mm-hmm. I think Father will be the first to say, welcome home. Absolutely. And I, you know, there's opportunities for confession every day in some parishes, every weekend and others. But the penance services are really ideal because you'll have a high concentration of priests making available the Holy Sacrament where we can experience that desire on God's part to heal us, to restore us, to forgive us. To bring us back to life. And if we've been confused over that issue in the past, or if we've been a part of uh, the culture of death, right? uh, maybe even in our words or our thoughts or, you know, this is a beautiful opportunity not to just have our own conversion of heart, but to share that, to share that in a very loving way. And, and ask the Holy Spirit for the words to penetrate the hearts of Absolutely. even our own family members. Well, it's like we said earlier, you know, we ask the Lord to tenderize our heart. Yeah. You know, and that's a very powerful image. 
Especially it if is. you've ever been in the kitchen and you're tenderizing a piece yeah, of meat. Yeah, I've been yeah. there often. <laughs> so you're like, I don't know if I Pounding want Jesus to do that. that to my heart. But we really need that because yeah. sometimes that's what has to happen in order to break that shell mm-hmm. that can so easily develop around a hardened heart. How often do we hear that in the Old Testament? You know, you have hard hearts, but you need a heart of flesh. You need a real heart, a heart that beats with love, not this hard, cold, stony heart. And so Lent can sometimes seem like this huge gauntlet. But I'm going to invite all of you, think of God's love for you. Think of his love as he comes to us in a heart, the heart of a baby, the heart of a child, the heart of a man, the heart of Jesus who dies on the cross. And if maybe Lent seems a bit daunting, look ahead to March 25th, the Annunciation, you know, uh, and go to Holy Mass on that day. March 25th, the Annunciation. For the life of me, I do not understand why that's not a Holy Day of Obligation. Yeah. When you think about the power, (laughs) when you think about everything that's on the line right now between the culture of death and the culture of life, when you think of the gospel, when you think about God's desire to heal and save humanity, when you think of how Jesus wants to be not just in the world, he not just not in the church, he wants to be in your home, he wants to be in your heart, the power of the Incarnation, God taking flesh— in the moment of the Annunciation. I mean, think of that. The popular prayer of the Angelus, prayed three times a day, usually at six, noon, and six. What does that remember? God taking flesh, the Annunciation. It's incredibly powerful. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, think about every time you say the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary is the prayer that takes us right back to the moment of the Annunciation. I mean, when people say, well, why do Catholics pray the Hail Mary? It's scriptural. I mean, it's totally scriptural. Hail Mary full of grace. Those aren't my words. And they're actually not even the words of Gabriel. Gabriel, the archangel, only speaks what the Father in heaven gives to him. So when you say Hail Mary full of grace, you're saying the words of address from God the Father to Mary. And Father, by explaining that, it's so helpful for us, for, you know, the listeners, Mm. To be able to uh, formulate in our own words that same thought, yeah. to be able to share it with others who mm-hmm. might be confused, especially our Protestant brothers and sure. sisters. And even Catholics who are never even formed. Even Catholics, absolutely. absolutely. Or but need you to think be of reformed. The power. Think of the power of God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no excuse for us to ever think and believe that there's distance between God and us. He took flesh. He walked the world. He's before us in the Eucharist in every tabernacle. And then he even reveals his heart so that we can make an image, a picture, a depiction of his heart and have in our homes. What more proof do we have to have that God wants to be one with us than taking the flesh, the Annunciation? You know, go to Holy Mass, visit our Lord in the tabernacle, just say thank you to God for loving Regardless of our sins, regardless of our faults, our past decisions, you know, those moments where we wandered away. No, just on that day, thank you, Lord, for loving me. That's the Annunciation, you know. It's just a beautiful moment, a powerful moment, you know. Well, and I think for our listeners today, if this is just too much, do one thing. Just get the image of the Sacred Heart in your home. Get the packet and let the Lord start to tenderize your heart that way. Our Lord wants the hearts. He wants to really transform our hearts. It's all about the heart. Yeah. Into his heart. Well, here's the thing. It's like a heart yeah. transplant. The Lord doesn't just want hearts. Right now, if you're listening, he wants your heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wants you. Mm-hmm. So if you're driving that car, sitting at your desk, if you're you know, folding laundry, if you're dropping kids off at school— 
if you're in that really dark moment where you're just tempted to think that no one knows you, no one loves you, no one even acknowledges you, guess what? Jesus knows, loves, and acknowledges you, and he wants you. But he doesn't just want you. He wants your heart. He wants inside. Open the door and let him in. And keep in mind. But he won't force his way. No, but he keeps knocking Knocking. and knocking and knocking. And every time you see that AM820 bumper sticker, that's another knock on the door. But think about this. You, the first moment you bring the sacred heart of Jesus into your home, that's the annunciation in your life. Mm. Right there. God letting you know he wants to dwell within you, among you. He wants you for himself, and he wants you to want him for you. That's the moment of denunciation in your life, when you bring the heart of Jesus into your home, and you just say, I can't do this on my own, and I shouldn't have to, and I'm not supposed to, so I won't. I'll let the Lord. Now, this is a little different note, Father. Mm-hmm. And I, I know people might be out there thinking about this. What about St. Patrick's Day? I mean, you know, St. Patrick well, loved the heart of Jesus. He did, but I mean, it's such a big celebration. Sure. And What um, about it? No, it's not a solemnity. <laughs> well, it is if you go to St. Patrick's Church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as someone who has the last name daily, you know, I have a special devotion and you know veneration for glorious St. Patrick. Um, but, you know, there's an opportunity. Keep in mind, don't abuse a saint to justify someone's laziness, right? Ah. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm really missing those M&Ms. I like St. Patrick. Uh-huh. You know, I'll wear green. Well, that's beautiful. But keep in mind, St. Patrick was a very, very, very faithful, but also very penitential, Christ-centered bishop. We've lost disciple. That. You know, when we think of how Patrick lived and preached mm-hmm. and taught and had this fierce devotion for the Lord Jesus and how he was a man of mercy he went back to the very people who kidnapped him and made him mm. a slave to preach the gospel. Mm. I mean, so when people are like, I'm going to have a beer in his name, it's like, well, why don't you go preach the gospel in his name? That's what Patrick mm. would do. You know? <laughs> why don't you offer the Lord to someone? But the Feast of St. Patrick is a beautiful opportunity for us to consider how when someone gives themselves to Jesus, they become an instrument in the hand mm. of the Lord. And I mean, having gone to St. Patrick's Church for Holy Mass uh, when I was in high school and then in college— and having just watched this great devotion, especially on St. Patrick's Day. They have a uh, life-size statue. <laughs> they do. They do. And it, it, just beautiful. to see the beautiful joy of a, a people who really are celebrating the life of a saint, you know. But uh, it's a solemnity in a particular church dedicated to him. It'd be a solemnity for those who, you know, are of Irish descent, you know, are very, very much attached. But um, I think it's a beautiful opportunity for the church to use his feast day as a bridge to the culture to preach Jesus. That's great. You know, Father, you've talked, I think we've talked about uh, this Lenten time to be a real witness. Yes. And I was thinking when the bishop spoke this week at the Sarah Club, he said what was really a witness to him in our diocese Hmm. was seeing all these bumper stickers, (laughs) AM 820. Yeah. He's never seen anything like this. And I was thinking, if you're listening and you want to say, what can I do to become a witness? Hmm. Probably by this time, your ashes have been washed off. How is that? I hope so. <laughs> Unless you put them on every morning, then, yeah, Unless then you refresh them. Yeah, but you can. Yeah, put the bumper sticker on your. That's car so true. To be a witness, so true. Because how many stories? Yeah, where people have actually seen the bumper sticker. Yep. Turn on the radio, and yep. it's helped them come back to the church. It's helped them come back, encounter Jesus. So true. Because of one 
little bumper sticker. So true. And that could be your witness over lit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also keep in mind the witness factor of making sure that your home is focused on the Lord. You know, we, uh, there's a lot of people, and I hear this all the time. I, the first couple of times someone would visit my home, I had this tinge of awkwardness. Like, oh, well, what are they going to think of the sacred heart of Jesus? What are they going to think of that? You know, what are they thinking of this picture? Listen, allow the Lord to shine. Let him do the work. You know, let him speak to the heart. Uh, all we have to do is allow him to be there, right? You know, Father, I also want to put a shout out to all the men listening. Great time during Lent to really put Joseph, start to live Good Saint as St. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, yep. And I know that feast day is coming up on also March Also a solemnity. 19th. That's also a solemnity. So no penance on the feast of St. Joseph and the Annunciation, right? Cause so it's what's a, that mean, Father? That means you can eat your M&Ms. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, only two. No. <laughs> you know, but the thing is that, remember, we are called to live the life of the church. And when the church mm-hmm. says, this is a day of great celebration, we celebrate. Now, can you do your penance? Of course you can, but you better smile. Mm-hmm. Okay? No constipation on solemnities, right? No complaining. You live the life of the church. When she mm-hmm. says, be joyful and love and serve and just be so filled with gratitude, that's exactly what we do, right? Mm-hmm. So on the solemnity of St. Joseph, uh, March 19th, and on the Solemnity of the Annunciation. I mean, these are huge opportunities for joy and celebration. Well, how, how do you begin? Well, go to Holy Mass, you know? Uh, pull that statue of St. Joseph or that picture of St. Joseph out and just remember his tender affection for the Christ child, his desire to protect and provide for Jesus. Good St. Joseph. Ite ad Joseph, as we say in Latin. Go to Joseph. Go to St. Joseph. And we say to the men... Look at those virtues, and today we can put the four virtues together in our homes today, as you say, to protect. Yes. He protect the Holy Family. Right. He provided for the Holy Family. Yep. He led the Holy Family to Egypt. Yep. He, he always listened. Yeah. And he taught the faith. Yeah. And we're responsible as men for those four sure. steps. They're very easy. Yeah. Just start living the life of St. Joseph and what a great way to celebrate this month on the yeah. Feast of St. Joseph. And the, if there's ever a the feeling worker. of inadequacy, you know, if we're ever feeling or struggling or being tempted to think that we're inadequate, mm. ask St. Joseph for help. You know, this is the thing that people are like, well, why do you go to the saints? Why don't you just go straight to the Lord? Well, because the Lord had these people in his life. You know, if mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus was willing to assume humanity and with that humanity had the humility to learn how to grow and be a man under the watchful eye of good St. Joseph, why do we think we're better than the Lord? I mean, if, if the Lord Jesus would, you know, be entrusted to the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary and good St. Joseph by our Father in Heaven, well, why would we not want to be in their care? And so many of the saints, the diversity of personality. It's incredible. You, you can always find someone that you can really relate Identify to. with. And temperament and... Yep. Even in, you know, temptation. Yeah. It's like, wow. And also sometimes how the saints choose you. Oh, You don't always choose them. Oh, yeah. They sometimes choose you, which is beautiful. There are brothers and sisters in heaven. And I think, you know, we need to avoid that temptation to think that the saints are like superheroes with capes Uh and they're flying around. And to really see them as like older brothers and sisters who have walked the path. And they want to help us walk I it as well. I think that's happening more and more. I agree. Totally. Better books and yep. research. And- yeah. So their humanity mm-hmm. and how they gave their humanity over to the Lord is really coming through. For those that have tuned in a little bit later than others, again, we're talking about the Sacred Heart. This is the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio from 8 to 9. 
And we've talked about how easy it is to really uh, follow through what our Lord has asked us, and that is to expose and honor his sacred heart in every home. And those steps are strictly steps that he wants you to take. He wants you to prepare. He wants you to enthrone. And he wants you to honor. And pick up a home enthronement packet today at the Catholic Men's Luncheon Club uh, right after Father starts his four-part series. Or there'll be other opportunities. Or go on welcomehisheart.com website. Welcomehisheart.com website. See the videos the four videos. And the newsletter. Don't forget about Father that. Father Daily. Oh, it's excellent. And the newsletter, Chuck. And the newsletter, the monthly newsletter. How can someone sign up for the newsletter? Um, they can just go on welcomeisheart.com oh. or enthronements. Sign up for the monthly newsletter. Uh, right now, we have 3,500. Oh, my. And uh, mm-hmm. the one thing that it's really keeping that flame alive. Sure. And yeah. you know... Whether you've enthroned your home or not enthroned your home, or you're thinking about enthroning your home, still get the newsletter. Get the newsletter. So, Chuck, what? How would you say, like a short answer? What's the difference between bringing the Sacred Heart image into your home and then enthroning the Sacred Heart? What's the difference there? Well, I think the the first thing is you recognize you want to bring Jesus into your home. Yeah. And then the second thing you want to recognize is as a man. Yeah. I'm saying I'm no longer in charge. Mm. Our Lord is now the king, brother, yeah. friend, and savior of this home. And that's the power of the actual statement. It's just a small the statement, yeah. too. But, but it's, it's a powerful statement. It's a powerful, it's a powerful moment that will never end. You know, It's like the Lord is king, brother, and friend and of this home. And you keep renewing that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're living by yourself, a student, oh, no. or on your own, or a family, a married couple, uh, a student in a dorm room, Absolutely. or even like a business or a school or a church, you know, to acknowledge just Jesus is the king brother in front of all who are here in this place now and forever. And the, the statement, it's going to be in your booklet, but I think it's good to understand this is not a complicated uh, procedure now no no everything's laid out it's just basically saying i now enthrone the sacred heart of jesus as king savior and friend of this consecrated family jesus our desire to make a covenant of love with you a covenant of love yeah. with you beautiful and it's a new beginning and i know when joanne and i had the privilege of enthroning our home and like a lot of you we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> It sounded and now look at you. You're sitting and St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. <laughs> we didn't have St. Gabriel Radio in 1990. Uh, so I blame the, you. We had the invitation. <laughs> no, the Lord works. The Lord works. He, he does. does. And sometimes, you know, you wonder, is he working? Mm-hmm. And then you look back. It's so true. And you see his yeah. hand. And it's so beautiful. Yep. But you just have to trust him in his yeah. time and his way. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a there's a power to that simple statement, the Lord lives. Yesterday, I received a phone call from a beautiful priest, a, a Capuchin Franciscan. He was driving up from Cincinnati through Columbus, and he said, you know, I have to stop at uh, a local hospital here and anoint a little boy who had to have his limbs amputated because of sepsis. Oh. And my heart sunk through. I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I was like, I don't. So, Father, you know, he was just. He said, do you have by chance any time to meet up afterwards? And uh, while the Lord did not allow us to have our paths crossed because of schedules, I could tell that the Lord 
wanted me to hear that. And as I hung with the phone, you're just kind of left in shock. I mean, a three or four year old little boy. And I just said, the Lord lives. The Lord lives. And because the Lord lives, you know, he loves this little boy and he loves that little boy's parents and he loves the doctors and the nurses. The Lord lives. And Thursday, of course, is a day set aside for the Holy Eucharist because it's the day of, you know, the Last Supper, the first Mass. And as I went into the Mass, all I could think of was like, Lord, you are alive. You come to us in the Eucharist. You come to us in the Mass. You're enthroned on this altar all day today for adoration. You live. And I said, let your life shine on that little boy. Let your life shine on the parents, you know. And, and that's if you're what thinking those that, images do in your Absolutely. Home. Powerful and reminders that the Lord lives. It, 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 we need those helps. Yeah. Powerful. And this, this quote by St. John the 23rd, he says, Every time I hear anyone speak of the Sacred Heart of Jesus or of the Blessed Sacrament, mm. I feel an indescribable joy. Mm-hmm. And that's hopefully as we leave you today, this month, yeah. Go to Jesus right. and, ex- and really receive and accept the joy that he wants to give you freedom. Yeah. And it's through the Eucharist. It's through reconciliation, the penance. It's through daily prayer. Yeah, It's not complicated. No, it's so it's simple and easy, actually. And if you want to have that joy that St. John the 23rd spoke of, you really do have to acknowledge that the Lord lives and that the Lord loves. Was he a joyful pope? Ah, that's his reputation. Ah. <laughs> that's his reputation, the smiling Pope, you know. So, first of all, we'd like to thank you for joining us during this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And as we bring to a close this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart on this first Friday of the month, we invite you to consider opportunities throughout this month and throughout this season of Lent to draw close to the Lord's love and to acknowledge that He lives, but that He wants to live with you and his love for you in your home and in your heart. And as we consider the great uh, expressions of God's love for us, uh, you know, just with gratitude, we invite you to join us as we bring to a close this hour, and we pray the Sacred Heart Covenant Renewal Prayer. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and to strengthen this love by frequent participation in receiving you in the Holy Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all of those who love you in this life. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.